Welcome to This Should Be Unplugged, the monthly podcast where three friends challenge each other to write songs on a theme to see who is the least worst. I'm Luke. I am Rob. And I'm Steve. So now that it's episode four, I wonder if people are wondering what we look like. I quite often think that. Like, you, you try and put a face to the voice and then you find out what they look like. And it's nothing like what you imagine. Yes. Kind of how we discussed last month with uh, Luke's disappointing. <laughs> well, Let's not bring that up again. Well, based on my I'm voice, so I, I'm, I'm kind of just your generic disappointing looking fella. Well, I wondered, right, we could maybe tell the listeners what our celebrity lookalikes are that we've been told in the past. You go first then, Mark. The worst one I've ever been told is Ed Miliband. I look like a slightly less wonky Ed motherfucking Miliband. I think it's the mouth. I think your mouth has kind of got a... You've got an Ed Miliband mouth, mate. Have you been studying my mouth in great detail then? I think, yeah. So talking about your worst one. So my worst one was at school. Have you ever seen the TV show Recess? Yes. So when I was 16, 17, I was a a little bit more rotund. I was... 20 kilos heavier than I am now and people used to call me Mikey from Recess who's the kind of tall fat lumbering one that's lovable but I can see that mostly because of the hair like because you showed me a picture of your when you were in school and he had that kind of spiky hair long face kind of situation going on I can't say that I didn't look like him but it did kind of hurt because he was the <laughs> yeah, fat one in Recess you wanted to be TJ that's the thing yeah. The worst part, like, the thing that people used to say to me when I got pissed off was like, yeah, but he's the nice one, like, that's fine. But I'm, my response was always, but you're not saying my personality is Mikey from Recess. Yeah. There is another one that Celebrity look like that Luke's had. And I'm surprised you mentioned Mikey was the most devastating because this was uh, while we were working together and you just recently started wearing these thick black rimmed glasses that were the trend at the time. And you were very, very pleased with them. And then we had stand-up in the morning, right? We had everyone in the office stood around in a circle saying what they were doing that week. And it went all the way around and it got to the MD of the company. He just looked at Luke and went, Ah, that's it! The Proclaimers! (laughs) (laughs) And the look on Luke's face was just like, I felt so bad. You looked so defeated. You looked like a kid that had opened a Christmas present and it was like not what he'd hoped for. You were just... You'd look like you were destroyed that day. I feel like the bullied one on this podcast. First I get Steve's wife telling me <laughs> that she's disappointed in how I look. Yeah, what are you doing? Well, let's 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 bully Rob instead. Rob, what is your worst? <laughs> I know what's coming up. Fucking hell. I fell over. <laughs> what? What's going on? I fell over because I just remembered what your worst one is. <laughs> Oh, so sorry. <laughs> I think I know the one you're talking about. The the second bad one, if you're aware of uh, the wrestler The Big Show, uh, he's uh, about yeah. seven foot tall, he's about 400 pounds. He is currently really fucking ripped. When I was in Borneo, weirdly enough, there was a like you know a, a tribe a tribe we hung out with uh, who basically did lots of stuff with bamboo and rivers, but they were all well into wrestling. And and like one day the guide kind of turned to me. It was like they're all laughing about you. I was like, "Why? What made me?" And he said, "Well, they they all think they all think you look like the Big Show." I turned to them. I was like, "Big Show?" And they were like, "Yeah, yeah, do the Big Show." And we had a, a laugh about it. <laughs> but I think the one that Luke was laughing about was that I, I someone once said that I looked like Natalie Cassidy, aka EastEnders. <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't no. That wasn't that. But I think what Luke was referring to was when we had that night out in Cheltenham. Oh, 
Right, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, where where four of us four of us went out drinking in the night in the in the night at about four in the morning when we were leaving vodka revolutions in uh in Sheldon. Uh I uh, I I happened to chat to a couple of girls who, who I was like apologizing for your behaviour. Um and they all laughing. I was like, Why are you laughing? And they were like, All right, Paul Blartmore cop <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! What happened in the last episode? Hold up! Yeah! What? 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 Well, at least some bam bam That's what happened in the last episode. Hey, podcast every day. Last episode's theme was picked by me, and it was posh people. Each of us had made a song and left it up to the lovely public to decide who won. And I've got the uh, I've got the little envelope here. The tiny envelope. In last place, so third, is uh, Valet by Rob Matthews. Fuck you all, fuck you all. I don't <laughs> In second place is Steve Cable, with no posher what? than you. <laughs> <laughs> Which means in first place is The Ballad of Tintin by Luke Jones. Can I ask how, how close it was? Um... Do you want to know? Mm, maybe not. Just a couple folks who are making songs. If you listen long enough, I bet it won't be long till the conversation turns to sticking things up your bum. You want me? It is time for Piers's lyrical review. We've actually had a suggestion uh, from Tash. Oh, hi, Tash. Hi, Tash. Hi, Tash. How are you doing? She uh, suggested to me. A, a wonderful uh, artist by the name of Queen of Vagina. Um, <laughs> she doesn't particularly care about quality as far as I can tell. She just goes for it. It's kind of indescribable. Yeah, you should check it out. It's basically, she just plays a dancehall beat in the background, stands in her lounge and and sings some colourful lyrics. This is an excerpt from uh, one of Queen of Vagina's more prevalent works uh this one is called tickle tickle my vagina brackets classic hooker i love having sex with bearded men i love having sex with bearded men they tickle tickle my vagina they tickle me with their beard i love having sex with bearded men I love having sex with bearded men. They tickle, tickle my vagina. They tickle me with their beard. Um, so, so you know, this is a this is a lyrical review. Uh, it's been recited by peers. So, so what do we think that Queen of Vagina was trying to say there? I, th- I think she liked the way that um, the. Uh, the man's beard tickled her vagina and it was a pleasurable experience. Now, I've never felt a beard, really. Like, nobody I know really has a beard. Our friend Damon has a beard. and But I've never felt... I've never felt anyone's beard. Like, whose beard would I feel? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but when I see a beard, it kind of looks like one of those scouring pads. Like, it looks rough. It doesn't look like it'd tickle the vagina. It looks like it'd sort of <laughs> scuff it up a little bit. Give it a clean. Yeah, give it a look. Pop it like... Buff in a car. <laughs> Mansplaining. Ladies, have you heard about this? Mansplaining. Ladies, 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 ladies. Mansplaining. There's, 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 
there's, there's something called mansplaining. We know what and mansplaining is. I'm sure you think is. you know what it is, but... So you know I, like, whinged about posh people as a theme? Yes. But I, that seems like such a good position to be in compared to this week. So I did what you said. I did what you said. You said, just Google mansplaining to find out what it was. As far as I could tell, mansplaining was just the subject of an argument between crazy people on the internet. It's just, <laughs> just, just hate everywhere. Like, yeah. it was women getting aggro at men and men getting aggro at women, using it as a... Oh, it was just it was just crazy. And so it just made me angry to begin with. Whenever a man explains something, that doesn't mean that's mansplaining. Do you know what I mean? No. Like, it's... it's, it's it, what we don't <clears throat> want to get into a situation of is people not actually talking to each other for fear of being branded, oh, you're mansplaining it to me. Oh, you're writing a few tweets. That's man-threading. You shouldn't do that. <laughs> Like we should encourage communication between people, and at the same time, you know, be mindful of not being a condescending prick. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's the thing. I think it's it's kind of. Be- I read a really interesting article on the Guardian by somebody called Liz Cookman uh, at Lizonomy on Twitter, um, and she basically says, "Here's why we don't need words like uh, mansplain." Like in saying that it mm. kind of cheapens the argument a little bit. Um, it re- yeah, it feels like it really does. And it's it's kind of this terror for me to feel as though I've been uh, stuck with that label of you're just mansplaining me because there's no comeback to it. Yeah, but that, do you know what? I thought that at first. I was like, oh my God, how how horrible is it now that there is a, a catch-all term for my gender um, that assumes everybody's like that? But then part of me was like, yeah, that is horrible, isn't it? And you, it's kind of like <laughs> that. Oh, wait. Wait yeah. Oh wait. Here. Oh wait. That's not very nice to have that done to you. And it was a bit eye-opening. Do you know what I mean? And so part of me was like, "Well, okay, it's a bit of a taste of your own medicine, a little bit." And that yeah. was a bit eye-opening. So I, I tried to research what mansplaining was, and I couldn't get it. It was making me angry because of all the hate. And then what I did was I sat with. I've got, I work with these two. Well, I work with a lot of very clever people, and I started going, asking them, "What? What is this mansplaining thing?" Which kind of is an assumption that they'd know what it is just because they're women which a little bit was like well is that is that bad as well like assuming that and then me trying to understand it giving them a load of hypotheticals like well what if this what if this is this it is this it and then suddenly realizing that itself was being a real dick but it's kind of like it it kind of highlighted the fact that maybe in the past i've been a bit of a dick and that's quite hard to swallow what your dick yeah (laughs) so basically in my in my uh, quest to to understand it, I basically and uh, to understand have I been a dick was actually being a dick in the process. This is called I'll stop being a dick. I know things can be kind of hard out there for the women of the world because of us dudes. And sometimes I feel I should say sorry just just for being a man. I know having a dick doesn't make me a dick, but I want to understand. So is it sexist to hold a door open for you? To be honest, the first time I did it, I thought you were a dude. And is it offensive to ask you to look? my junk I just respect 
your medical opinion And I think I've found a love And I'll never know what it's like living in women's shoes But I was some last night and I liked it a lot Now I'm sexually confused Oh, really? And it's obnoxious Spread my legs on a train I'm not trying to oppress your gender It's just that my balls are causing me pain And I know that it's sexist To call a group of women guys I used to think that term covered both genders But now I realize Remember the time I got you a hot dog as a treat I was not trying to create a visual metaphor of a dick in your mouth I, I just thought you wanted something to eat, yeah? So I, I just realised that I've been acting like some kind of fool So from now on, and for the rest of this song I'm gonna make a promise to you If you come in the room I won't offer my chair I won't think that you're flirting if you touch your hair I won't guess that for Christmas you want some cooper I won't give you advice on your vaginal care I'll stop being the dick I'll stop being the dick I'll stop being the dick I'll stop being a dick Was it offensive? song I don't mean to trivialize this issue in your eyes but I don't want to get nothing wrong I've, I've written some notes Steve on this excellent so yes. one thing uh, so my top one is uh, clear up manspreading so yep. right now I am doing what could be considered as manspreading but I'm sat yep. by myself there's nobody else to feel I'm encroaching on their space. Well, that's just spreading your legs. It is spreading your legs. But what I will say is this phenomenon has a purpose. One thing that men and women differ from is men have a big old hunk of meat hanging down between their <laughs> between their thighs at all times. And well, not not necessarily big. And that 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 can stick to the thighs. And you spoke about that. So sometimes you've kind of just got to like go full on yoga and spill it out and. What that does is it enables a gentleman to unstick the uh, the, oh the scrotum from the side of his leg without oh having God. to put his hand down his trousers. Now, yeah. I think that is a perfectly acceptable thing to do, given the circumstance. But that's well, why I, I, I think it's just it's it's a simple thing of like being aware of your surroundings and mm. you know people. It's it's the attachment the the idea that people are doing it to oppress somebody it's yeah. not it's literally just i want more space on the train that's literally it so my second my second point was uh the t- don't i won't think i'm flirting if you touch your hair it, that was the lyric right yeah now that is something that i was brought up as like i saw like college films and stuff when i was a kid and touching your hair always meant that the person wanted to have sex with you yeah i realized recently that i'm almost always touching my hair <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to say that I feel that. That's that's the thing. Like, Emma's always playing with her hair. I'm always playing with my hair. This is not a thing. So if anyone's listening to this who thinks that's a thing, that's not a thing, okay? I think it is a, it is a thing in certain contexts. Just don't use it as an indicator that this person wants you. Or don't, okay? yeah, don't, don't assume it's an indicator. Do you know what's on the 
to write a really elaborate ballad about uh, you know notorious mansplainings mansplainers of the world and basically have a go at them and I looked and looked and I just I didn't have the energy I gotta be honest like <laughs> like some of the some of these people are so irritating that I don't want to read up about them or really give them any publicity um, basically if you see someone on Twitter or BBC or anyone going on about how you know mansplaining is a good thing because you know women need to be told how to how to think and act and they they benefit greatly from it like just fuck off oh, just, i don't want to i don't want to give you any more air or any more time than you deserve so does that actually exist like yeah. people actually well, yeah. do that <clears throat> yeah yeah you know basically if i if you follow daily mail comments oh fuck that shit yeah so I wanted to kind of get back to the basics of um, the the interaction between uh, a man and a woman, and the the moment when someone corrects someone else uh, and say, so, you know, you're talking, and they say, "Well, actually, this," and then they go on and tell you all about the way they see it as if it's fact, um, which is essentially the root of mansplaining, isn't it? So uh, yeah, so I've done a song it's called actually uh and uh we'll listen to it now mansplaining
Dance Playing. Right. What I what I will say is, does does that count? Like, is that going to be your tactic for the next few episodes? Like, whenever the theme is, I'll just get I'll get a computer to read the theme and then just stick it on a beat. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like a good tactic. I think it's a legitimate tactic, and actually, the music supports the point I was trying to make because it's really, really obnoxious. It's poorly put together. It's it's poorly thought out, just like mansplaining, mm. and uh, it goes on for too long. Just like a madman's planning. So fuck mm. you. All right, yeah, fair enough. That's a good bit of post-rationalisation there, Rob. I like it. No, pre-rationalisation <laughs> you're hearing after the fact. <laughs> Deal with it. Right, I so we also it. have to, like, talk about the bit in the middle. Oh, yeah. Well, the big, big great, big, uh, big British castle bit, yeah. Yeah, what happened there? So, um... So I, I uncovered the fact that everything that Adam and Joe did, if you ever, if you thought it was familiar, it was because it was the beginning of the Adam and Joe uh, uh, podcast. But uh, that's just a loop on Apple Loops. Um, and the reason I put that in there was because I wanted to break it up with something that made it feel really archaic and old, just like gender inequality. <laughs> Fuck off. What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's Carry absolutely on. what I was trying to do. <laughs> yeah, I did yeah, do no, it well. No. I really, I really see that tenuous link, Rob. And we won't stop, cause we can't stop. Oh. And we won't stop, cause we can't stop. Yeah. Oh, oh, we stopped. Now, are you ready to be brought down a notch? <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you mean in terms of, uh, like? Um, you know, in in terms of mood or in terms of, um, you know, are you going to show us how it's done? I think mine's kind of confusing. Uh, my previous entries were quite synthy and silly. This one I've gone for like pretty clean vocals. There's no, there's no auto-tune on it. But I think it kind of reflects my mood. Like, I'm pretty much just milling about at the moment. As such, I'm quite bored. And I had a little, b- bit of a sad day. And that was the day that I decided to write and record this song. And it kind of comes across that way. It's just a little bit depressing. Um, now, as always, my, my songs have a story. The story of this one is there's a little, there's a little Englishman lying in bed and he's, uh, he can't sleep, so he's, he's looking at his phone. In his sleepy days, he sees somebody tweet something wrong, so he corrects them and then goes to bed and then wakes up to a charade of, uh, 
of nonsense the morning after. This is called Check My Privilege. Moonlight shines through my blinds late at night Lay next to the love of my life Slumber eludes me so I get up to see If my friends have any funny tweets for me Oh Lord, if someone said something wrong I write a helpful response, no Before she calls me out for being a prat Turns out she knew all the facts Now I look like a twat So what we need to do now is uh, we need to ask our wonderful listeners to vote. And to do that, the uh, link to the um, the poll is in the description of this podcast or it's on SoundCloud. Or you can search for the hashtag TSB Unplugged on Twitter and I'll be posting it there from my account and Steve and Rob will be doing it from theirs as well. So um, 
the question is, what we're doing next time. Do you want to do the bad translation thing? Talk, talk, talk me through the bad translation. So what, what, what I was thinking is, each of us finds a song, translates it through Google, and then yeah. gives it to the person to our left, for example. So you'll never know where that song's from. So like, I worried that if we find a Japanese song, um, you'd you'd kind of put some Japanese influences in there. Fuck it, let's do it. Thanks for listening to This Should Be Unplugged, episode four. You can find all the links you need to vote or listen to the songs again in our description or on soundcloud.com forward slash Unplugged. You can follow me on Twitter at Luke Jones. You can follow Steve at Steve underscore Cable. Or you can follow Rob at Matikin. M-A-T-I-C-H-I-N. Thank you.